Goff's three minutes. Your story. Cause knowledge is. In May of 1967, the German container ships Munsterland and Nordwin left the port in Hamburg, West Germany, for a round-trip journey through the Suez Canal to Australia. The journey should take a matter of weeks. These ships, however, would not see their home port again for another eight years. This is their story about how, at the height of the Cold War, enemies became friends and a micronation was born out of necessity in the Suez Canal. The Suez Canal was opened on November 17, 1959, after 10 years of construction. It was a 120-mile canal connecting the Indian Ocean to the Mediterranean Sea and cutting off weeks of a trip around the Horn of Africa. It would take ships just 12 hours to navigate its narrow corridor and today accounts for 15% of global shipping and averages over 47 ships a day. On June 5, 1967, the Israeli army captured the Sinai Peninsula in response to the Egyptian government shutting off shipping through the Strait of Tiran and cutting Israel off from the Red Sea. This would trigger the Six-Day War, which found the retreating Egyptian forces shutting down the Suez Canal by scuttling ships on both ends, blowing bridges and planting mines on either end to prevent Israeli forces from getting across. Unfortunately, on this day, there were 15 ships traversing the Suez Canal, and during the retreat, they found themselves trapped there. They moored themselves together in the Bitter Lake, the largest pool of water in the canal, and awaited further developments. And while the Six-Day War was over by June 10th, just six days later, these ships were in for a long delay. Among these ships, eight countries were represented, four British, two West German, American, Swedish, and Polish, and one, one French, Bulgarian, and Czechoslovakian each. So here we are, 15 ships from eight countries sitting tied together in a lake in the middle of the Sinai Desert, in the middle of the Cold War, with all sides present, and yet one of the best stories, I feel, to come out of the Cold War occurs here in the Yellow Fleet. The Yellow Fleet, or the Great Bitter Lake Association, as those captive called it, was created out of necessity and worked really quite well. It earned the nickname the Yellow Fleet due to all the sand that blew on the decks from the Sinai. And while the Six-Day War lasted just that, six days, these ships were stuck there for what would become eight long years. Now the men of the Yellow Fleet made the most of their time. They created sails to rig on the lifeboats and started a yacht club. On Sundays, church was held on one of the German ships, movie night was on the Bulgarian ship, and the Swedish ship held pool parties because they had a pool. We were in a very comfortable prison, said Captain Miroslav Proskonerki of the Polish ship Jakarta. The first month was like a holiday. The second month was very hard. By the end of the third month, it was terrible. And despite the Cold War raging in their respective countries, these men found a kindred ship despite their home country's politics. Some days, when it got so hot, the crews could cook steaks on 35-gallon drums sitting on the decks. The German crews received free beer from breweries back home, which they gladly shared with all. And on Christmas one year, they made a floating Christmas tree and lowered a piano on a life raft that drifted from ship to ship playing Christmas carols. One of the most famous items to come from this time was the Yellow Fleet postage stamps, which were hand-drawn by the sailors and attached to mail, along with Egyptian postage, and mailed to friends and family. They have become a coveted 
collector's item. In 1968, as the Sumper Olympics were held in Mexico, the Bitter Lake Olympic Games was held in the Suez, with countries competing for the gold in such events as weightlifting, rifle shooting, swimming, water polo, soccer, and lifeboat races. And in case you were wondering, the Poles took the gold. Now if you're like me, you can't help but be fascinated with the resourcefulness of these men and how despite cultural, political, and language barriers, they seem to really have a daggone good time while being stuck there. Eventually, the shipping companies rotated crewmen out and left a skeleton crew for maintenance. And when the canal finally reopened in 1975, only two ships, the German Munsterland and Nordwin, were able to sail out on their own power. And on May 24, 1975, they sailed back into port in Hamburg a mere eight years, three months, and five days after setting out. The other ships were either scrapped or sunk, too damaged to ever sail again. Most of the cargo on these ships was either too rotten or no longer needed. And that is the story of what I would call the greatest fleet to never set sail. Class dismissed. This podcast written, produced, and narrated by Isaac Goff in wild, wonderful Ward County, West Virginia. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle.